Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the gram, stunt me and destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, click and I bang, y'all gon' remember the name. Y'all gon' remember the name. What's up ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we've got on my man, Mike Hart, who is a family doctor from Canada. So welcome to the show, Mike. How are you doing? I'm good, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, no uh, doubt, man. I've been to this uh, for, for a while, ever since we connected. I'm happy to hear, man. I've done a super brief intro there, but tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, like Subi said, you know, I'm a family doctor. I'm from Canada. I've been practicing for about seven years. Uh, I do a lot of... Um, uh, lifestyle medicine. So, you know, I do a lot of coaching with the patients with like diet, nutrition, things like that. Um, and uh, mostly, you know, well known for uh, for cannabis, you know, mostly just using it as, uh, you know, a, a medicine and certainly not as something that, you know, would ever uh, hurt someone because you obviously, even though cannabis is a good medicine, there are, you know, risks and benefits to all medicines. So that's where uh, most of my focus uh, is these days. And, you know, just a little bit about myself and why, you know, I've connected with a lot of stuff on Zuby. You know, we have a lot of the same, um, I think, uh, feelings about about COVID. And, you know, I've certainly been, you know, um, telling people that, you know, lockdowns are, are not good for people and they're really not good for, for patients' mental health. Uh, and then uh, also, too, you know, like Zuby, I'm really into, into working out and, uh, and MMA and all that type of stuff. So, um, you know, that's that's why I wanted to, to to connect today. So happy to, uh, you know, chat with your audience about whatever you want to chat about. Yeah, absolutely, man. So how did you actually get into the medical field? What was your main interest to get into that to begin with? So I uh, I did my, my Bachelor of Science in Nutritional Biochemistry. So I was really interested in nutrition, like from a young age, like I started working out like with weights when I was like 14. Um, I was on like, you know, the, the whole like protein thing at that point too. <laughs> 16. My, uh, my friends used to say after a few hours, like, oh, heart's teeing out because I, I wanted some like, I uh, wanted some protein, you know? So uh, yeah, I just really got into nutrition. And then, you know, from nutrition, I wanted to do something more than just being a nutritionist. So, you know, got into, uh, in, into medicine and, uh, and it's just been a great journey ever since. Awesome, man. And um, it's interesting that you you mentioned the whole situation with the response to the pandemic, the lockdowns, etc. It seems like there is a side of the medical world, if you want to use the term medical community, who is not really having their voice heard on this issue. This whole issue over the past year, one of the weirdest things to me about it has been it's been very, very one sided, right? People are acting as if all doctors and people in the medical world or even all scientists are have reached some sort of consensus on the, on this as if um they've advised that we need to have these indefinite lockdowns and all of these crazy restrictions and the mask mandates and the double masks and the triple masks all of this stuff to this day a lot of it is there there's no consensus on it right there are studies that say one thing there's things that are saying the opposite and what is going on there in terms of from, from a doctor's perspective? What do you think is is going on there? Well, I think they're they're really just trying to only let the voices that are you know very pro lockdown be heard, and you know the, all these um, you know regulatory bodies that you know govern uh, you know nurses and doctors. You know what they're trying to do is really just control them, and they don't want you know. Um, the truth to, to come out, so to speak. And, you know, there's one of my colleagues, you know, she, she's a great person to follow um, online and her name is uh, Colvinder Carr. You know, she's been very uh, anti-lockdown on Twitter. And, you know, just recently, you know, it's, it's really disappointing um, to see, but, you know, the college, you know, the, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, you know, they, they cautioned her about some of her tweets and things like that. And like, you know, 
I've never met Colbinder uh, personally, but you know, I just know her th through online and through Twitter. And like, you can just tell that like this person is genuinely just trying to help people. And not only is she just you know genuinely trying to help people, she's also um, you know putting out good, high quality evidence, like really good evidence. And you know, I've learned a lot from her um, since I've been following her. Um, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of these people like her are being censored. And like I said, like last week was just, you know, an example of, of, of how she was being censored. She had, you know, again, some type of caution from the, from, from one of our colleges. And so that's the reason why a lot of these doctors and nurses who, you know, want to say something aren't saying something because, and I can understand them is because they're afraid of losing their job. You know, they're afraid of like the college coming after them. Um, but, you know, the reality is, like, like you said, Zuby, like a lot of the studies are are very conflicting and some of them actually, you know, a lot of them, from what I can see, um, really show that lockdowns don't don't work. And that's the big thing that that I'm against, you know, is is the lockdowns mm -hmm. and like the masses is, is, is a different story. Like, you know, masks can work. But they're all, but like they need to need to have like a proper setting for that. Like when I, I was in third year med school, like someone taught me how to wash my hands, and then like you put on a mask one time that was that was clean, mm -hmm. and then after it you would throw it in the garbage, right? Like if you were having surgery, you know you don't want the mask. You don't want your surgeon wearing a mask that was in his car for six months that he just picks up every time. Like you want a mask that like. You know, he washed his hands, he got a new mask, he put it on and, and used it, you know, and like that's that's not being done. And like, I don't know if it's like possible for us to like use masks properly in that way. And like, I know there's like a Cochrane review study and I can you know send it to you after if you're, you know, uh, if your listeners would want to see it, that, that said that like there's there's not really, you know, any any effectiveness right now regarding the wearing of masks. So we need to be you know, careful of, about what we're saying to people. And uh, I think that, you know, and I really appreciate you giving me this platform so I can say some of this stuff um, because, you know, like you said, you know, both sides of the story are not being heard and, uh, and we need to be, you know, much more um, proactive about discussing things like vitamin D. I mean, I know you've preached about it a lot of times as well, Zubi, but, you know, I've been saying it since like day one, you know, and even prior to that, like, and I, and I made a tweet like recently, like, even if I'm wrong, even if everyone's wrong about, about vitamin D, who cares? Because if you have high, high vitamin D, you know, a normal, a high normal vitamin D, you don't want to, have to be too high. Um, you know, you're going to have lo lower rates of other diseases like osteoporosis. You know, low vitamin D is also linked to low testosterone, which is another thing I, I know that Zuby, uh, you know, <laughs> well, that's as well. So, you know, there's, is uh, you know this these things that like doctors are preaching like like I've said like you know take your vitamin D exercise sleep well avoid ultra processed foods like how are these things controversial at all you know and that's where I think the uh, the narrative need, need needs to change we need to have more doctors coming out and telling people that you know your immune system is something that you have to take care of it's your personal responsibility it's not the government's. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that way, you know, if people took more responsibility, I think we'd have a better response. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's crazy because I think people like myself and yourself, we've been preaching this for decades, right? We've yeah. been telling people from early, you know, prior to any virus like this going around on this sort of scale, we've been saying, yo, maintain a healthy body weight, exercise, train, eat good food, don't eat garbage. I mean, there are a lot of garbage food options out there, as we all know, but there are also a lot of healthy, great food options out there. So it's actually like if you look at the countries and the areas that have been hit the hardest, you know, what's the what's one massive factor besides age of the population? We know it, it's it's obesity. Um, yeah. It's obesity. And we're living in this culture where if you say that you'll have certain people who are saying that you are being mean or you're fat shaming or you're doing something like this and then. Two seconds later, this person is screaming their head at you, off at you to, you know, wear wear an effing mask. Whereas, you know, with a mask, it's like, firstly, man, there's a lot to there's a lot to go through here. I mean, there's a lot of bizarre things going on. One of them is this assumption that every single person is diseased, right? People have been programmed and propagandized now to treat healthy people, sick people, 
everybody the same, right? Everyone is just sick, right? They don't say healthy anymore. They say asymptomatic. So even if you're perfectly healthy, you have no symptoms, you're in perfectly great shape, um, you know, you, you're still supposed to be doing all this nonsense. And it's it's very, very odd to me. It's, uh, it's um, I don't know, I've never seen this sort of mass psychosis in my own lifetime before. And something that's really interesting with it is, you know, people are... A lot of the people who are claiming, saying things like follow the science and believe in the science and trust the experts and all these things are not behaving in a rational and scientific way. And one of the weirdest things about that, as we've touched on, is this whole thing that we're not meant to have conversations like this. You're not meant to ask any questions. You're meant to just accept this doctrine and this dogma as if it were some very hardline religion and nobody's supposed to ask questions. If you ask a question about lockdowns, you're a bad guy. If you ask questions about the efficacy of masks, you're a bad guy. If you question the impacts on people's liberty and other aspects of life, you're a bad guy. If you question um, the vaccine, especially if you're young and healthy and whether you actually really need this, you're a bad guy. It's like people just want you to shut up and do what they say. And that's happening on a national level, on an international level, it's happening within the medical and scientific communities. It's happening on social media. It just seems to be hap- happening everywhere. So, what's going on with that? Um, you know, again, like I, I, I think that a lot of it, you know, c- comes back to, um, you know, they're just not allowing all the voices to be heard, and they're censoring the voices that are, you know, suggesting something that is uh, against what the government is, is mandating. And we really need to get away from that. You know, and if you look at something like, you know, um, I'm sure Canada's food guide is very similar to whatever Britain's food guide is, you know, which is basically like Canada's food guide is, is garbage. Right. So we know that like it, it is. So, so we know that, you know, uh, what the government is trying to tell us is not is not effective. And, you know, coming back to, you know, especially for, for nutrition, but coming back to like even vitamins and vitamin D, which we talked about, which we know is so important. You know, not only just for, you know, as we said, like, you know, preventing um, COVID, but we've had evidence that it's, it can prevent the onset of uh, upper respiratory tract infections for years, for, for decades. So, you know, coming back to that, like a lot of the government agencies and, and, and medical institutions will say that, like, if you have, even if you have osteoporosis, they're only saying to have like 2000 IUs a day. So, you know, a lot of people are probably wondering, you know, how many, you know, what, what do I recommend? So there's uh, there's a, a society called the Vitamin D Council, and I've followed them I think since 2014 or 2013. You know, it's been a while now, and they recommend a thousand IU's for every 25 pounds of body weight. So okay. like, I'm a 200 pound dude, so I need to be taking like 8,000 IU's a day. Mm-hmm. And like I can tell you firsthand, like I see patients in my clinic and I test them for vitamin D all the time, and almost everyone is low. And people will say like, oh, I've been taking my vitamin D. How is it low? It's because you're taking a thousand IUs a day. Like that's nothing. Like you need to be taking at least five times that in some cases more. So, you know, again, like I think we just need to look at like what has a government ever really done in terms of, of health? And they're not looking to optimize your health. Like they're just looking to make you, you know, not at the very bottom level of health. You know, that's it. Like they're not trying to, to make your health optimal. They're not going to give you any any suggestions to make your, your your health optimal. And I think, you know, they're doing that again with with COVID. You know, it's a way where like they're just telling us again to, to stay, uh, you know, inside all the time. And again, you know, coming back to to, to vitamin D and, and this extends much beyond vitamin D and in the sun, you can kind of see this little background I have here now. But like bright light is very important for your overall mood, and your well-being. Like I just did a video on it. And, you know, if you don't get enough bright light, if you don't get enough sunshine, your serotonin is not going to be optimized. You're not going to feel very good. And uh, I know you're the uh, Jordan Peterson of rap, so you probably know quite a bit about <laughs> serotonin. Uh, that, that was a great uh, song, by the way. That oh, thank you so out. much, man. Yeah, man. Um, so, you know, you know that if, if you don't have, you know, the, the, the proper amount of vitamin D, um, you know, you're going to you're going to show up low and you're going to be more susceptible um, to these infections. And one of them being being COVID. But like I said, you're also going to be more susceptible to just you know, the common upper uh, respiratory tract infections, you know, the common cold and also to depression, to low testosterone. So, you know, we need to make sure that we're not following like, 
you know, the, 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 out, the, the guidelines that are put out by the government and follow maybe different guidelines that, you know, seem to be, have your, your optimal health in, in the best interest. So I think that's the big, the big difference between, you know, the government and what say you and I are trying to do for, you know, my patients and your listeners is to, is to get people to feel, feel their best, to feel optimized. And that's not the information that you're going to get from the government. You know, you're going to get information that, that makes you, you know, basically just barely not sick or maybe even sick. So well, that's, that'd be my answer for that. Are there any governments that you think have handled that aspect of things? Well, I asked, I actually did ask this question on Twitter because I have, a, I have, think I have followers in literally every single country in the world that you can access Twitter from. And interestingly, um, I had multiple followers from India say that from early on, the government in India actually was talking about this stuff. They were talking about the importance of um, exercise and having a healthy body weight and eating certain foods and you know having your vitamin D, etc. But it seems like in the West, in the UK, in Canada, in the USA, in countries in Europe, etc., um, everything was just about the wash your hands, social distance, masks. Nothing was really about what you can do to make your body, make your immune system stronger to deal with this thing everything was just about the yeah just these other type of guidelines that don't really have anything to do with health that are more about distancing and barriers rather than making your body strong so i guess the first question is why do you perhaps think there's that disparity why why do you think that so many do you think do you think it's incompetence i mean can it really just be incompetence or is there something else going on here well, I think there, there's there's a couple of things. So first of all, like most of the countries you just named, like North America and like Britain, you know, and I'm kind of putting you know Britain in with in with North America now because you guys basically seem to have all the problems that we have, you know, <laughs> diabetes and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, the, these countries, generally speaking, are are very very pharmaceutical based, and they don't really look at. Um, you know, natural health and natural alternatives, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like countries like um, India and, you know, traditionally, you know, they, they use less pharmaceuticals overall um, and, you know, they're not being thrown, you know, um, SSRIs or, you know, the, which are selective serotonin reuptake, it was um, antidepressants, you know, for depression and things like that. They, you know, they're taught, they're taught other things. Um, like they use things like saffron and things like that in, in some of these other countries. But in, uh, in in North America, you know, everything is just so pharmaceutical based that I think that we haven't, that they don't focus anything on, on natural medicine. And I think that some of these other countries, you know, do focus a little bit more on natural medicine. And that's why, you know, they're probably chatting about it a little bit more because, you know, if say we were focused on, on natural ways to, you know, help the human population, well, like we just discussed, we'd have, we'd have a different food guide and we'd have a different, you know, recommendations for vitamin D pre COVID, right. You know, know, the vitamin D recommendations, you know, should have been discussed and changed pre COVID um, because they were, they were way too low then. And then, you know, coming back to the, to the like, you know, incompetence thing, like, you know, unfortunately, like there's, like there's doctors that I, you know, follow on Twitter and have, you know, respected them in, in, in many ways for a long time. And, you know, they've come out and uh, since since COVID has, has started and they've really, you know, not said, um, you know, anything positive with regards to how we can strengthen our immune system or how we can, you know, bolster our health by using things like vitamin D. And, you know, and they certainly seem to like shun, you know, any type of, um, uh, like physician or speaker or anybody who, who says any of these ideas, like I can guarantee you right now, like there's a million, you know, there's lots of people right now that, that think that I'm a quack just because I'm saying that, you know, we should be taking vitamin D exercising, sleeping and avoiding, you know, ultra processed foods and, and high sugar because high sugar, I forgot about that in the first time can also decrease your, your immune system. Um, so, you know, I think that we need to change the narrative in in uh, in these countries in North America and Britain, and we need to get doctors more interested in alternative medicine and and in medicine that because a lot of times when you mention like alternative medicine or other types of medicines, you know, a lot of these doctors say, "Oh, that's not evidence based. That's not evidence based." And this guy's a quack. 
Um, whereas like, if you actually look at the evidence for vitamin D, it's very, very strong. Yeah. So, you know, we really need to, you know, I think a lot of it starts with educating the, the doctors and changing the, uh, the uh, curriculum on all this. And, and again, like I've kind of been through this, you know, one time before, because, you know, again, like I, I prescribe uh, cannabis and I was you know, one of the first ones to do it um, in Canada. And, uh, and like, you know, I knew that it was a medicine that was much safer, you know, especially when you're just taking it as an oil. Of course, you know, I don't think you should be um, smoking or you should avoid smoking when you can. But, you know, I knew that it was a medicine that was much more effective and a lot safer than a lot of these pharmaceutical drugs. And, you know, that just goes to show you that, like, you know, they're, they're not looking all, all the time at the, at the best medicines that have, you know, the most efficacy with, with the least amount of, of side effects. And then, you know, if you talk to anyone who's used, you know, CBD oil versus say a traditional antidepressant, I don't want to say everybody, but most people will say that they get better results and they get less side effects when they're using, um, you know, pure uh, uh, CBD oil. So, you know, that's just, again, just another example of how, you know, the government has prevented us from accessing something um, that we should have been able to have access to before. Mm. How much of this do you think is being led by science versus social pressure and groupthink, just in general? Because so much stuff that's going on here is it's not it's not rational and scientific and evidence based which we, these are the thing you know things people like to trot out but you know if you're walking outside by yourself in a park wearing a mask like what does that have to do with science and logic and rational behavior right you know if you're packed into a, a tight area with a lot of people okay i can understand a rationale for wearing a mask if you actually are sick and you have symptoms and you but you need to somehow go out in public or something especially in an indoor area i can understand the rationale to you know wear a mask perhaps i still don't think they should be mandated but um yeah i mean it seems like people are just operating off of fear and hysteria and groupthink like and and this, this is clear right because the guidance at, around this time last year the guidance even from big scientific organizations was do not wear a mask right don't don't wear a mask masks are not effective there's not much evidence for them. I mean, that's when I think that they were sort of telling the truth. I think ex explicitly telling people not to wear them, that seemed to be uh, something to do about, like, you know, their own self-interest. But in terms of them saying that people don't need to wear them and that there's not much evidence, I think that was when they were being honest. But then a couple months later, it went to, okay, wear one to, you know, you must wear one or you're some sort of villain. And now they're talking about double masking and they're talking about triple masking, etc., and you can see that people are not really, most people are not asking questions. Most people are just kind of going along with the majority, which, you know, I, I, I kind of have a saying that the majority does what the majority does. Right? The majority is always going to be the majority. But just because a lot of people are doing something or a lot of people have a certain belief does not mean that it's correct. You know, we've seen this all throughout. We've seen this all throughout history. And the people who go against the consensus always are going to get attacked but i think if you're talking about science and you're talking about medicine it's so important to be able to hear all the voices and for people to not get silenced right i'm not here trying to um you know silence any of these perspectives whether someone thinks that masks are super effective or they're not effective or they're somewhere in the middle or someone thinks this treatment or that treatment i'm like yo i want to hear i want to hear all the different voices just like i always have in nutrition, I'm willing to listen to the people who say that plant-based is the best way to go. I'm willing to listen to the people who just eat beef and prescribe a whole carnivore diet and the people in the middle and the people doing keto and this, you know, whatever it is, high carb, low carb, I'm just listening to everybody. And yeah. I think we're, I just think it's a really dangerous precedent when people are being silenced like this or people are being censored because, you know, you could have a hundred people who are wrong and one person who is right. And that one person is being treated like a psycho and no one wants to listen to them or whatever because they're in the minority. But there have been many situations all throughout history where that person is right. So I think we need to hear all the voices. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, that, that comes down to just, you know, your your like perspective and your mindset on like on like a deep level. You know, you have to be an open minded person. And if you you know are always involved with, you know, groupthink. 
um, you know, you're all you're not really going to have your own opinion and you're not going to investigate things on your own because mm -hmm. you're just going to be looking to, you know, follow the group. So, so, so to speak. Um, and, you know, people like being agreeable. And again, you know, your, your buddy Jordan Peterson talks about that a lot. But, you know, people like like being agreeable. They don't like confrontation and they avoid confrontation. And so if all of your friends and you know everyone, you know, your colleagues are, you know, saying that, you know, we should we should be doing all uh, all these things like social distancing and, and all this stuff. And again, not that I'm you know completely against that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very difficult to like question anything because you know you're going to be ostracized by by your friends, by by your colleagues, by your peers. Yeah. So you know, and when you look and when you look at the people who are like questioning these things, it's all people who have questioned something before. You know, so like for yourself, uh, for example, like, you know, you have a Bitcoin uh, T-shirt on and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a Bitcoin guy, too. I was actually okay. you actually did a podcast with one of my like childhood friends, uh, John Vallis. Um, OK, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I'm into Bitcoin as well. So, you know, a lot of people who are into Bitcoin are, are independent thinkers. You know, they thought, you know what, I think that, you know, there's something going on here. I think that, you know, Bitcoin is actually, you know, a legitimate currency. It's it's decentralized. It's not controlled by the government. Like, let's do this type of thing. And then, you know, going back to like diet uh, again, you know, I've never done the carnivore diet myself. But, you know, I do eat a ton, a ton of meat and a fairly low carb diet, which, again, is you know, against like what I was taught in school and, and conventional wisdom. I mean, I do have a degree in nutrition and, uh, you know, just hilariously enough, I mean, none of my professors were lean at all. Like, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> I would say actually on average, they were, they were worse. You know what I mean? And then like me eating, like, you know, I'd always be eating, you know, like, at least a gram of a protein um, per pound of body weight. And like, you know, to come up in my class at like, oh, we're only we only need like 0.36 grams. <laughs> and everyone's staring at me like, see, Mike, I told you. And it's like, okay, well, look at you and look at me. Okay. Who's jacked? So Who's jacked? Yeah, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. You're gonna keep doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah. So like I think that you know, a lot of the people who are who are joining the merit the, the the narrative and just in the um, majority, they have this this mindset that like you know, the government wants our best interests in mind. We shouldn't question anything. They tend to be very agreeable people. Um, and that's why, you know, they have that type of mindset. Whereas the people who are questioning uh, COVID, questioning lockdowns, they seem to be people who are a lot more independent. And in general, like, I think they've had, you know, at least one thing in their life where they've kind of, you know, deviated from the from the uh, majority before. And that's why they may feel more comfortable, you know, deviating from the from the majority now. Um, and that's the way, you know, I kind of see it. And a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, the doctors that I know that are against it, they do have that type of, of attitude. You know, they're people who are, you know, have kind of um, made their own careers, so to speak, and uh, and they and they think for themselves, and and that's how they manage their practice and manage um, their patients. So, you know, hopefully, we can have more and more doctors like that come out, and you know, not just doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals, and 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 people who don't work in healthcare as well. Just you know, come out and chat about this and voice their their opinion and let people know that. You know, we we shouldn't necessarily just be listening to to the government and follow all these mandates, and that there's better ways um, and better organizations and and people to follow. You know, like yourself online, so that we can get you know more more perspective uh, and and get better results. And I think that it, again, you know, it just comes down to your mindset on a very very deep level. Like, are you an open minded person who's willing to uh, to, to to go into confrontation? Or are you sort of like a closed-minded person who shies away from confrontation and just likes following the narrative? And you know, it's a lot easier for people just to follow the narrative oh, than it sure. is to to uh, to engage in conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it can also be it can also be very very dangerous, as we've seen, you know, now and all throughout history. As I've said, you know, the majority opinion or the narrative is not is not always correct. So people should always, as far as I'm concerned, people should always be asking questions. I, I've said before that, you know, I'm less interested in telling people what to think than I am in telling them to think. Right? Yeah. I like or, that. You know, yeah, yeah I, I want people to just think I, I, every day. 
what I'm doing there on Twitter or even with my podcast, etc. I'm not just saying, look, I'm Zuby. I'm the authority. I know everything. I'm always right. Just listen to exactly what I say and forget, you know, the other seven and a half billion opinions on earth. I'm just saying like, yo, question things. Question me. If I say something and it sounds weird to you, question it. You know, yeah. if someone else says something just because they're wearing a lab coat, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, an all-knowing seer. The, the truth is that individually, we, you know, we, we each know far less. We don't, there's far more we don't know than we do know. Even, you know, even if you're a physician, even if you're a, an expert in this field or that field, even within your own field, let alone outside of it, right? Like there's so much stuff that we don't know. And, but collectively, you know, we've all got different knowledge, different ideas, different opinions. I'm, I'm very much of the opinion of throw, throw them all in the ring and good ideas do not need to fear bad ideas. Cause if you, if you let things go, then the stuff, the stuff that works and the stuff that has evidence and the better arguments, et cetera, should win. Right. This is the, like I said, this is the thing that's been freaking me out about this whole science as a religion slash cult thing that's been going on where it's just become dogma and you're not meant to question anything. I'm like, that's to me, that's not science. Right. Science, the scientific method is about inquiry. It's about sorry. It's about um, inquiry. It's about trying to falsify things. It's about trying to prove things. It's about asking questions. If something is scientific, it should not fear questions right if you can't question it then it's then it's just dogma and i don't like the way that people are shaming people or bullying people or calling people names or going to all these extremes to essentially just sort of shut people up who they disagree with right so i've got i've taken a pretty hard stand on a lot of this stuff as someone who's very libertarian minded and don't think that the government <laughs> has the has the right to uh, you know, lock you up in your house if you're. I was going to say if you're perfectly healthy. The healthy part doesn't even matter. I don't think the government has a right to lock you up in your house. Period. I don't think the government has a right to force you to put a muzzle on your face. Period. I don't think that. You know, I don't think that people have ceded so much ground, and it it just drives me nuts. I don't know. I've uh, I've obviously been very vocal on the topic, and it has made a difference. I know. I know. I've woken a lot of people up. I know. I've woken a lot of people up, and at least got them asking questions. But, um, you know, you're right about the personality thing, because I'm not a I'm not a super agreeable person and I don't really care about being in the majority. I don't really care if people dislike me. I don't mind rocking the boat, um, which which serves me well in life. But at the same time, I'm very open minded, always willing to listen, willing to be challenged, willing to be questioned, um, et cetera. And, and I would add on, on top of that too, Zuby, though, being humble. And, you know, that might surprise some people, but it's true because if you're a humble person, you're going to be willing to listen to other people's opinions and you don't necessarily feel that, like, you always have to be right. But, you know, some people, you know, who are really arrogant and they always have to be right, you know, their opinion is always going to going to matter most and they're not going to look at, at other, at other uh, sources or other sources of information because they already know that they're right. And, you know, that's something that, you know, uh, we really need to change in society these days as well, is that, you know, people are actually, they're actually, even if they know they're, they're wrong, they, they will still make the statement because they don't want to go back and say that, you know, uh, that, that, uh, and admit that they were wrong which is you know, terrible. And I think that that's happening to, to a lot of people now. You know, they, they've said something like, I've, I've thought about this many times before, like there's so many doctors online that, you know, they've been preaching all these, all these things so much during COVID about, you know, lockdowns and stuff that like, it's so hard for them now to like go against what they have been, what has been said for the last, you know, 12 months in spite of new evidence yes. that shows them that they're wrong. And, you know, I'm willing to admit, like, the first month or so, like, I was kind of scared by it. So I didn't know, like, what, what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, I had only, you know, was looking at numbers from, like, the CDC, you know, which is supposed to be, you know, obviously trusted organization. And it was saying, like, the, the death rate was, like, you know, 2 to 3%. And that was, that. you know, uh, and it was, like, you know, 2 or, yeah, about 2 to 3%. And then we're saying also it was, like, two to three times more transmittable than like mm. the, the, the common flu. And like, if that had been true, like, you know, that would have been pretty scary and it would have overwhelmed the hospitals like for sure. But like, 
we don't live in that world anymore. We have new data. So like when new data comes out, you have to be humble enough to change your opinion and you have to be objective, you know? And that's the thing too, is that like people who are, who are pro lockdown. And I love what you said earlier, because this ties in really well, like people who are pro lockdown, they're only looking at studies that show that lockdowns are, are effective. And again, like you want to, you don't want to be the other way too. You don't want to, you know, be so anti-lockdown that you only look at the studies that show that lockdowns aren't, aren't effective. Do you know what? Like I'm anti-lockdown regardless of any studies. The studies don't matter, right? I mean, I'm anti-lockdown from a freedom and a liberty perspective, right? I think it's, it's a human rights issue to me. It's like, you you know, um, people have to be able to make choices. But with that said, also the evidence for lockdowns actually being effective at doing what people say they're supposed to do. Um, I mean, if you look at the USA, you've got data from all 50 states now. You can compare the states, the lockdown versus the ones that didn't, all 50 of them. You, we, all the data is there now. You've got global data. You know, you can compare the UK and Sweden. You can compare most, you know, you can compare Belarus and Spain, whatever comparison you want to do, you know, and it's, I think it's hilarious that the, the, there's only, there's three countries people always jump to. They jump to Australia, New Zealand, and South Korea as evidence that lockdowns supposedly work. But again, this is just confirmation bias because they're totally ignoring Sweden and Belarus and Florida and Georgia and places like, you know, within their own country, if they're American, where they didn't do all these lockdowns and mandates. And in fact, the uh, average rate of death in the states that did not lock down is slightly lower than in the ones that did. Do you know, do you know the truth about this whole situation? I think there are some really obvious truths that people do not want to just acknowledge and admit. And I think a big one is a virus is going to do what a virus does. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no there's no policy or something that can be done on a large scale, certainly in a, a country with dozens or hundreds of millions of people that's going to lead to zero, zero deaths and zero hospitalizations like that's just not it's just not reality. Right. Look at the common flu. Common flu, you know, takes out a couple dozen thousand people in the U.S. every year, I believe. Um, and that's just reality. Like no one no one wants to admit it because I think our society is very uncomfortable with with death in a lot of ways um i think western societies are just very uncomfortable with it so no one wants to admit and certainly no politician wants to say hey you know what no matter what we do some people are going to die like that's you know it's it's the truth it's yeah. the truth but politicians don't want to say that and then on top of that i think based on i mean if you look at this thing globally okay just look at africa okay i don't think a single african country got hit extremely hard with this thing. Not one, right? And we know that there's much more poverty there. The medical systems, et cetera, even the political systems are not up to the same standard and quality as they are in the Western world. But much younger demographic, different climate. Um, People actually probably have quite different immune systems there, et cetera. I think that the truth is about this whole situation is that the factors which contribute the most to the um, infection rates and hospitalization rates and absolutely death rates are, are cannot be affected really by policy. Like, like they, they just can't right? age of population, yeah. climate, climate, yeah. population density, et cetera. Like whatever you do, it, it, you, you can't do anything about that. I think in politics, because the way everything gets politicized, you always have it. it so not everything has a political solution. That's the reality, right? Not everything yeah. has a clear political solution, but nobody can just admit that and go, okay, you know, we've, people want to do something, right? There, there's always that thing. We've got to do something. It doesn't matter if it's effective. It doesn't matter if it's proven. We just got to do something. Just, just put this thing on your face. It'll make us feel like we're doing something. Whether or not it works, we don't know, but just just do it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, people need to be more, I mean, they have been a little bit vocal about it, but like, they're like you mentioned, basically just like non-modifiable risk factors. Like these exist. There's nothing we can do about them. Like we know that you know being over the age of 75 is going to put you more at risk than say if you're, if you're 35. You know, like significantly more. Saying and it gets worse if you go to 85. And we know that you know males unfortunately do worse with it than females. But like we can't you know change anyone's age and. 
I, I guess I'd be satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, it is 2021. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's something that, you know, we, we, we have to look at that, like, yeah. objectively, you know, like, like if you have an aging population and if, if a lot of that, you know, generally speaking, you know, there's the male and female ratio is always pretty, pretty even anyway. But if you have an aging, you know, male population, then like some of those people are going to die. And like the reality is that like 100% of us that are, you know, listening to this right now are going to die. Like you already, like you already have, you know, a diagnosis of, of death. You just don't know, you know, when, when it's coming. So, you know, I think that people need to just grasp that and understand that, that that is the, the reality, you know, that like there's certain things that like we can't change. And I know that, um, you know, interestingly, uh, schizophrenia is actually a, a major risk factor for it. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, I saw that from um, this guy, William Wallace, he tweeted out um, fairly recently. So, you know, and a lot of that. Why would that be? I'm just curious. I don't see any connection there. Yeah, I, I have to like look into like the pathophysiology behind it too. But I would say that a lot of people who have schizophrenia, you know, are not doing the things that, that we're you know, promoting like the vitamin D, okay, you know, okay. exercise, um, you know, sleeping seven, eight hours a night. You know, a lot of people with schizophrenia smoke a lot of cigarettes as well. Um, you know, I'd say a, a, that that's where a lot of it is. But, you know, again, like some of these risk factors are non-modifiable. Uh, so, you know, what we should be doing is looking at the modifiable risk factors. And again, the things that, that we can control. And, you know, again, like, you know, coming back like the social distancing and the masks, I mean, when you're like six years old, like you're taught, like if someone, you know, sneezes on you, like to get out of the way, like, you don't yeah, want yeah. germs on you, like everyone, everyone, you know, knows that, but like, that's just one strategy for not getting sick. You know, like there's also other strategies for not getting sick. Like I haven't had the common cold in like, I mean, I've never put it this way. I've never missed a day of work from a common cold in over seven years since I've been been practicing. I've only actually missed half a day of work one time in in seven years just because I actually had had food poisoning and I threw up like crazy and that was it. And and then I was back to work, you know, um, the next day. And, you know, part of the reason why I think that I I never miss a day is, is because I do take care of myself proactively. So all these things that we were talking about, you know, I, I was doing, I was doing before. So, you know, again, like we really need to, you know, um, understand that there's, that there's non-modifiable risk factors. There's nothing that there's nothing we can do about. You need to be honest about that. And people need to understand that like if a virus comes out, you know, and there's certain risk factors that we can't modify, some of those people are going to get sick and are going to die. So let's, you know, concentrate on the modifiable risk factors that we can that we can change something about, and then go from there. And unfortunately, we're just not seeing that um, in, in the mainstream media and the news and from uh, you know governmental organizations. Mm-hmm. For real. And let's focus resources on the people we know are vulnerable, not on a hundred percent of the population. Right? In any given population, maybe you have, I don't know, somewhere between. 10 to 20% of the population might be in the more vulnerable demographics. And again, something that's blown my mind, assuming that this is actually about keeping people healthy and protecting people. One thing that's blown my mind is though just the one size fits all approach, right? Treating five-year-olds the same way as 15-year-olds. This, Well, I guess five and 15, you can actually treat the same, but treating five-year-olds the same way as you're treating 75-year-olds and, and 95-year-olds and acting as if this whole disease is just as bad across all of these demographics and just punishing absolutely everybody, punishing 100% of the population for the image and the, you know, with the assumption that you're somehow protecting the 15 to 20% when in many cases you're not. And just this crazy myopia as if this is the only virus that exists and this is the only thing that people can die from or be harmed from. The total absence of thought of the impact of these lockdowns we're talking about we're talking about health i mean in the uk i don't know in canada in the uk do you know the big the leading cause of death for the past 10 years of people under 40 probably motor vehicle accidents suicide wow biggest killer of people under 40 in the uk 
for the past 10 years is suicide. So what should we do? Oh, we should stop everyone from seeing their friends and families. We should stop people from going to school and university. We should we should close down businesses and put people under financial stress so they can't. And we should oh, we should also like cover up everyone's faces. We shouldn't let them go outside. We should force them to stay at home even if they're perfect. Like, yeah, that's gonna help, isn't it? You know, the, this is the thing that blows my mind. It's so frustrating. It's like it's such a myopic approach to something that's actually really um, holistic, both in terms of health itself. But also in terms of the repercussions of the policies, like the reality is we're, we're dealing with trade-offs, right? Not, nothing is nothing's absolute, right? If you do, if you do, um, you know, lockdowns, people are acting as if lockdowns have no have no negative effects, right? Yeah. right? They're acting like, okay, we'll just do the lockdown and, you know, forget the economy, forget physical health, forget mental health, forget all people getting getting treatments for cancer and all these other non-COVID related illnesses, which generally more people die from heart disease, cancers, etc. Um, it, it's like COVID has become this deity. It's become this deity where whereas if you get sick or you die from COVID, that matters more than any other source of illness or or death, right? Where, you know, to me, this is like a philosophical question going beyond medicine and health and policies this is this is philosophical this you know i don't remember where we as societies decided do you know what the most important thing in the entire world is do you know the most important thing in canada the most important thing in the uk is covid right that that's the most important thing cases hospitalizations deaths from this particular disease that's the most important thing forget about re- freedom forget about liberty forget about general health forget about the economy Forget about children, forget about debt, forget about everything else. All we need to do is try to get that number down, which to me is insane. Like that, that that's insane. And it blows my mind because I'm here. I mean, I'm a, I'm a flipping rapper, right? I'm not just a rapper. I'm a smart dude, but I'm watching all these people who we've given this authority to, I guess, um, who are setting these policies and doing these things. And it's just like, how are y'all so blind to the other factors and the other impacts that are going on here. I mean, I've, I've said for over six months, I think that the cure is far worse than the disease. I believe that more people in the long term are going to die as a result of the um, response rather than the disease itself, let alone the suffering on top of actual deaths. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, and there's, there's so much to unwrap there. There's a few points like I yeah. want to go. Um, like the schools, for example, you know, like, so it was said about maybe two or three weeks ago, you know, Fauci came out and like Fauci's been wrong about basically everything. I've been but, more right than Fauci through this whole thing. But like basically, you know, he, he said that, you know, he agrees with the CDC saying that schools should have never, you know, been closed. And like that is quite a mea culpa, right? Yeah. Like you're talking about, you know, literally like millions, if not billions of children that were supposed to be in school that are that are not in school now. And like, what is that doing for their development? You know, that's, that's a scary thing, especially with like kids, you know, between the ages of say like two to six or three to six, like in that category, like that's when your brain is actually developing. And like people need to, to understand like what, what other people look like, you know, like they have to recognize a stranger's face. They have to recognize, you know, what, what, what their parents' face lo- looks like. They ha- need to understand, you know, what's safe and what's not safe. And, you know, that's going to, you know, certainly have a lot of, you know, long-term um, repercussions, I believe. Um, and, you know, people always talk about, you know, like, oh, is there, is there any long-term evidence for this, for this study or for this drug and things like that? And, you know, people sometimes, you know, like I, uh, like I, you know, prescribe TRT at my clinic, um, testosterone replacement therapy. And like, you know, there's not very many, you know, super long-term studies on that, but it's something that you can prescribe. Right. Whereas like if you look at um, the vaccines, for for example, you know, that's something that has just been done in like, you know, nine to 12 months. And and uh, and like we should be looking at that and, and questioning that, like, what are the long term studies of that? You know, and we don't. Yeah, they're, have, they're, they're, it's impossible to have any yet. It's right. So, you know, we, we really need to, to be careful about, you know, saying that, you know, certain things, um, you know, we, we can't prescribe something less as long term studies. And then looking at the vaccine and then like, well, look what you're doing now. Like there's no studies on this. There's no long term studies, you know. Look, I think ultimately the things for me is, you know, I feel like everyone understood this up until about a year ago. For me, it just comes down to 
personal risk analysis and responsibility and choices. If you're going to live in a supposedly free society, people have to have some degree, a large degree of autonomy and ability to to make choices. You know, if someone wants to, I have no problem with someone wearing a mask or socially distancing or not going outside if they're worried about things. I have no problem with someone taking a vaccine or taking any medicine, whatever it is that they think is going to benefit them based on their personal profile, their lifestyle, their health, their risk analysis, the people they're surrounded by, whatever. The thing that I do not like and the thing that I stand against is mandates, right? It's the, it's the yeah. mandates. It's the forcing this and forcing this and making this mandatory, making that mandatory. That's the part that freaks me the heck out, right? If someone wants to take, um, someone wants to take a vaccine, if someone wants to take CBD oil, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, right? Like that's your, that's your choice, right? It doesn't mean I want to take it or I want to do it, right? It's like tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. I don't want any tattoos, but I'm not going to be like, yo, I don't want a tattoo. So you can't have one. Or I'm not going to be there like chasing you around with um, uh, a tattoo machine, you know, trying to <laughs> try, trying to put the ink in your skin. You see what I mean? And it's like, yeah. I feel like we generally understood this as a society, regardless of your sort of sociopolitical views. We generally agreed on this stuff. But suddenly people have been propagandized. They're, they're hysterical. And now I've never seen so many people in my life running around t- trying to tell, demanding that absolute strangers do certain things to placate their own personal fears. I've never, I've never seen that kind of behavior before. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we really need to get away from, you know, telling other people what to do. And like, you know, I agree with you, like things shouldn't be mandated. You know, people should be, you know, making their, their own decisions. I think that's, you know, that the big issue is that people are not making their own decisions with COVID. They're just, you know, listening to others. And that's where the danger comes in. And that's why the best ideas are not being heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a weird one. So how do we get out of this, Mike? Uh, it's tough. You know, it's, it's a real <laughs> tough situation. I think that, you know, what we need to do is, you know, we just need to get people to start taking better care of their immune systems, take the vitamin D and, you know, do all the things that, that we've been saying this whole podcast and start to think for yourself. And if you do that, you know, you're not only just going to prevent COVID, but I think, you know, your whole your whole health is going to turn around. You know, so think for yourself, um, you know, do the things that, you know, you feel are best. Listen to, to various different sources. Don't just listen to one source and uh, and experiment with different things. And then, you know, go from there. Don't just listen to one source. I think it's the biggest thing. 100%, man. And uh, Mike, do you have anything that's coming up this year or coming up soon or that you've got out that you want listeners to know about? So I uh, actually just released my own podcast. It's called the Heart to Heart Podcast. My last name's Heart, so that's where I got the name from. So uh, you know, hopefully, uh, some of your listeners, uh, when they're not listening to your podcast, will just you know click over to mine and uh, and check that out. Awesome, Mike. And where can people follow you online? So they can follow me online. I'm at Dr. Mike Hart on everything. So it's D R M I K E H A R T. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, my website is MikeHartMD.com. Uh, and you can find me basically all over the internet there. Awesome, man. So good to speak to you, Mike, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. It's been great. Thank you so much, Zuby. I am the man. Sick with the slang. Sick and I'm destined for fame. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.